Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a podcast where we bring leaders from different domains in technology, product, sales, marketing, finance, etc. to share their insights in how to build and scale great companies. I'm Vani Kola, Managing Director of Kalari Capital and your host. Hello everyone. It's my pleasure to invite Kuldeep Dhankar to the Kalari episode of Behind the Scenes to share his insights and learnings as a technology executive and leader. Welcome Kuldeep. Thank you so much for taking time to join us. Thank you. Thank you uh, for having me, Vani. You know, I, I have a question, you, you know, how every ecosystem has its bias and prejudice. So one in the startup, as you know, is the big company guys can't really cut it or make it in a startup uh, environment. And uh, but you did coming from sort of big company to being super successful uh, in the startup world. So what is part of making that transition successful? Why does it work sometimes and not work other times? I worked for Nokia for, for a few years, then I transitioned to Microsoft when uh, Microsoft was acquired, acquired Nokia India's business. Uh, and I saw some colleagues transition into successfully and unsuccessfully into the startup ecosystem. Honestly, uh, I think one of this comes from the fact that, uh, my, uh, you know, my founders were actually, they were people who had worked in big companies and they knew what, uh, you know, what made a startup culture work. Anand and Sunil uh, are both, you know, they've always previously worked. So I think, first of all, I think they, they allowed me to adjust because usually there is this period of transition that is very difficult. You're used to working at very narrow, but somewhat long reaching goals in a startup, of course. And, and by the way, in organized structures in startup, first of all, you have your first job is to build those structures to be able to have the luxury of having long reaching narrow goals for each individual. Prime and foremost, I think the reason was that I was, I was allowed a period to adjust. Uh, secondly, of course, I think uh, I genuinely was excited about what Clevertap was doing when I finally, uh, when I finally came to Clevertap, I was genuinely excited. And then, you know, uh, I mean, I would be lying if I said this the first year was easy. It was actually, I think I wanted to quit every other week because everything was just chaos. And it felt like, you know, how the hell this company will ever make money is beyond me. You know, you start wondering about that. Uh, Anand had this thing, he, he would put a kitchen in every office that we've ever had where at the end of the every day, there's no, you know, there's no formal conversation. It's just, we're all sitting around and we just, you know, uh, having an evening drink or just talking to people in one hour every day. In the end, you start to realize that, you know what? Uh, I don't know where this is going, but this is, if we are going nowhere, it's a good set of people to go nowhere with. And I think that you don't get in a large company, right? I mean, in a large company, you know, your boss, if you're really lucky, maybe you knew a few peers and maybe your boss's boss, but, and it's a bit impersonal, you know, as a matter of fact, I think counterintuitively the work-life balance in a large company, you know, they say go home at five. You never get to actually know your uh, coworkers uh, at the level that you get to know in a startup. A combination of all that allowed me to stick it out long enough where thankfully the work that we were doing started to show results, right? So first and foremost, you know, uh, I think I just stayed here long enough to be able to see success. And that was allowed me because, you know, Anand built a phenomenal culture. You know, culture is one word that keeps coming back uh, all the time when you underline what created success of any company. So on that, what are the tips, Kuldeep, for founders who are just starting out building their sales team or sales engine? How should they think about it? A young startup mm -hmm. where now you have to move sales beyond what the founders were doing 
uh, in getting their early pilots or early proof of concepts? You know, I can talk specifically to SaaS sales because you know that's uh, uh, you know uh, that's what I uh, you know I've learned uh, uh, to do uh, over a long years. I think the first first part which I recommend to everyone is that I mean I have a lot of peers who ask me that hey should I join this company as head of sales? I'm like do the founders sell, and if the founders don't sell, don't because typically a new SaaS business uh, really knows it's you know what they're about the problems the initial product market fit only arrives when people who have the most power to change the direction of the ship that you're sailing in. Uh, you can't start selling from uh, day one. So first part is you already said, right? The founders are already doing the selling first. That's our thing already a start well made. At some point in time, you need to start putting uh, an, an engine on top of that, a go-to-market. I think uh, a structured approach to go-to-market which should start with product marketing uh, should always have a marketing engine at the beginning of it, right? Uh, it's easy to it's easy to hire a charismatic uh, set of people who can go out and spread the word about your uh, about a product and sign big contracts. But if you don't build a repeatable engine, uh, you're not going to be able to do this. So, I actually now believe that before you hire your first VP of sales or your first head of sales, you must hire and build yourself a marketing engine and hire yourself a VP of marketing, right? Uh, at Clevertap, we were lucky enough to work with Almitra, and Almitra built us and such an amazing. You know, everything that we discovered as sales in the field, right? She built into a repeatable engine that just kept on this. And that's very important, right? It's almost like sales goes out, explores new islands, new places to, you know, go conquer. And marketing that understands that why did we win and tries and, you know, uh, shapes our, our messaging in a way that more and more pe people like those people that we won now automatically uh, consider you as a uh, as somebody that they, they should be talking to. So for founders, as I said, shortly, right? First start selling, second set up marketing, and third, then get yourself a, a, a good effective sales team built on the word of mouth that you have already created. Mm -hmm. uh, for SaaS, if you're not getting inbound leads, right? Don't bother hiring a sales team. Uh, it just, you know, it's so difficult to scale. The cost of sales is a massive, massive expense. Kuldeep, in the remote first world that we are in right now, do you see the sales organizations, the sales skills radically changing? Uh, no, no. Uh, you know, I, I, I've actually been, uh, I was actually answering this question for a, for a colleague earlier saying that, hey, isn't, every, isn't all sale inside sales today? And I'm like, no, uh, it depends on how you see it. But uh, again, see, it will vary based uh, on, you know, vary from company to company. Uh, there'll be organizations that obviously sell, you know, $20 per user month kind of licenses. It'll be very difficult for those people to afford field sales in the first place, right? You know, you have to understand what threshold will you want people talking to people and building a relationship to sell, right? Getting on a call to sell something to someone uh, without, you know, where you know the person will forget my name and whatnot. It's not going to be an ongoing relationship is a much cheaper proposition than to me building a relationship because I know that would be, will be dozens of calls, right? No one's going to trust me on call number one. You know, I got to have continuous. I have to have a strategy on how to get into an account. I have to have a strategy that, you know, the, the first job is to, first job of sales, right? Is to, is to really understand how the customer buys, right? And when I say sales, let me just be more precise. The first job of field sales is to, is to help the customer buy the product from you, right? Uh, I mean, if I'm a Zoom salesperson, if you and if a company doesn't believe in paying credit cards, right? I need to put a different kind of salesperson, right? It's got to be a contract. There's going to be a you know a, a different way of, of of payments and whatnot. So the first job of field sales, inside sales, is different. So as a matter of fact, there are two different titles I use for them. There are sales reps, and there are account executives. 
right? Uh, inside sales, we typically have sales reps. People get on a phone call, they'll explain the value proposition, they'll walk you through a demo or a, a deck. And at the by the end of the call, you maybe have one more call, but it's either a win or a lose, right? You put a card on file and you move on. Uh, that requires very different kind of skills. That requires great articulation. You never meeting these people. You never have to run into them. You never have to organize these events, all of that. Field sales is very different. Field sales first job is to get trust. Uh, a simple way, uh, in, in words of Mike Crenny, who was a you know who was at A16Z, uh, was one of their you know I mean guy's a great thinker. Uh, he said that sales's job is to you know uh, why buy anything, why buy from uh, you, and why buy now. If a salesperson has to answer these three questions, they're answering these three questions for organizations takes a lot of conversation, a lot of understanding. You have to do a lot of listening. You have to articulate what you've received, translate a you know, for each customer, you have to make a very unique value proposition that why should this company buy my product and how they will use it and what value they'll get out of it. Uh, those skills are same, you know, all that has changed is the medium, right? Now you're doing it over a Zoom call, mostly because you can't meet those people in person, but you're going to articulate this value proposition and you're going to continue to sell this across a long time. And more importantly, SaaS is different, right? SaaS is not finished at sales. You know, it's not a funnel, it's a cycle, right? Uh, I think there was a there was a gentleman who recently tweeted that out and it really resonated with me, right? That SaaS is no longer a funnel. SaaS, SaaS sales is not a funnel, it's a cycle. You sell, then you watch if the value that you promised them got delivered in the first year. And the next year you go back and you capture more of that value that you're able to capture and that becomes your new dollar retention, right? And onward and onward, it's never over. Inside sales can't achieve that because inside sales has to be an engine. They have to say, okay, for every 20 calls, we'll close three sales. And these are low value, low touch uh, models. Uh, putting a account executive for low touch models may not really work. Uh, but if you know your TAM correctly, and if you're able to put in place an account executive uh, for large value accounts, right? And large, again, is relative. Uh, I would say that today, given the salaries that you do pay in India, anything below $24,000 a year contract value, you really shouldn't be having account executive. You should be having sales reps, people who have a, a transactional way of selling. Anything about $24,000 a year, right? Uh, where you have a good chance and, and a net retention rate of at least you know, 120, 130%. There, it makes great sense for you to put sales, uh, a sales rep in place because you know that the person will get compensated a lot. And you know it, it, uh, building a relationship, an ongoing relationship, investing in that, will become a net positive, uh, uh, you know, net positive function. So how do you see Kuldeep, the India opportunity going forward? Whether it's within India, whether it's India going global, how do you see the India opportunity for startups? I think it's massive. I mean, uh, uh, one, if you look at, if you look at, uh, you know, the genesis of, of, of a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, what we're doing in India, right? We, you know, there used to be time, I mean, you will probably recall, uh, it was not that long ago, people used to talk about, you know, in India, we only do services, we don't do products and whatnot, right? But if you look out there today, and if you look at those early stage people, right, there's so many people building such great products and the quality of those products, right, is, is you know, it's not subpar, it's not, you know, it's top notch, right? I think uh, Freshdesk, Zoho, right, they've demonstrated more than amply that, you know, you can build phenomenal products that can go and compete at the world stage, right? So that's that, of course, you know, first of all, you have more role models to, to, to look at, right? Services, of course, will continue to do well. Uh, I believe the real opportunity today is, I mean, just to give you an idea of how big I think this, this, this should get, I, th I believe that in 10 years, if you have a SaaS, if you're building a SaaS company, and if you're not building it out of India, right? 
you're actually going to be playing with a uh, with a with a bit of a disadvantage right uh we will have we are starting to build great product uh, uh marketers we're starting to build great marketers we you know uh, some of the top sales uh leaders uh, in the world are uh, are you know are, are being built are, are are will be hired out of out of india uh, right and uh, you know more importantly our quality of engineering is as good if not better you know i'm probably not qualified to judge better but i can definitely qualify uh, qualified to judge as good as anything you do in the valley and you know if you're hiring an engineer in the valley you're competing with the fangs right uh, half a million for a principal engineer is not unheard of so to speak right uh, you know i'm not saying that you could get a principal engineer for cheaper here but you know what you could get it then you you know you could build them more competitively given that motion that we're building more and more complex products more and more deep tech right we have more and more people in the ecosystem with experience of selling it scaling it uh, you know building this out to to great scale i think the india saas opportunity is 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 massive right we already growing there's one more important thing about the india saas opportunity which i think is very meaningful is that india itself is a massive saas market kulip ton of uh, insights great information i'm sure very very valuable to founders who are going to dial in one last personal question i you know i love to um high contract and i read that you do also a uh, favorite track that you liked but more importantly how does your personal interest influence you as a professional well uh, as a matter of fact i think i don't think i would have been able to uh, you know i'm a, i'm i've never done sales before clevertap right i came into clevertap and sales became a thing and i think one of the reasons why is that uh, Uh, i actually met anand during a trek and my favorite trek actually is uh, harkidon it's a it's a it's a it's an introductory trek to the himalayas but can get fairly tough especially if you choose to you know so we choose to backpack on our own we don't uh, use those camping uh, guides and services uh you know it's a it's an easy trek to get to you get you know fly into dehradun it's a you know couple of hours drive and it's really gorgeous uh one thing i've, I've learned uh, from trekking is that you know uh, the only way out usually is forward <laughs> right i mean when you're walking for like 14 12 14 hours uh, a day you know stopping in between and so on and so forth there is you don't have an option of really giving up because the worst thing you can do is to give up on a trek you never go back right uh in many ways startups are like this right i mean your legs are hurting you you know you you're burning about 5000 calories in a day you can't carry that much on your back so you're probably eating only three so you're always hungry and you're, you're hungry for about five days in many ways you know you start to describe a trek is becomes an almost an analog for a startup uh, a startup journey right and you know what i found was that doing some of those things that just don't come easy uh, you know and suppressing those emotions and urges that you have right like you know you just want to give up every other day now of course my journey wasn't as hard as my founder's journey because at least i had the option of walking away right i mean arnold was not going to walk away anywhere right? he was in it <laughs> he'd made promises and he was going to do the journey and i i trekked with arnold so i think where uh, where trekking really helped me is it helped me that okay look you need to finish you need to get to a place where you saying you know what i've had a good trek i've had a good walk in the sun and you know what i'm going to sit here and i'm just going to eat this meager meal and i'm just going to enjoy the view right you need to get to a place where you can sit down and enjoy the view with your journey at least a leg in your journey done right you can't quit in the middle and uh, you couldn't you you know you it's very difficult to learn that for a young a uh, person right i mean you want to switch jobs i i i, I was in clever to five and a half years right and i finally when i wanted to leave i wanted to take a sabbatical take a year off and you know look at my options uh but when i did that you know uh 
when I left in two months, right, there was no part of the business that wouldn't run or couldn't run without me being involved. That means, you know, you've reached a camping site, you've finished your leg of a journey, nothing is pending. And that you learn when you do a trek, right? When there are journeys that you absolutely cannot quit in the middle because otherwise they will turn suboptimal. I think startups and trekking have a lot in common. And I actually highly recommend every startup founder to, to trek. Well, that's lovely. I, if I could, uh, maybe we'll put together a trek for all our portfolio CEOs and they'll... <laughs> they, might, they might regret that money. <laughs> but absolutely, uh, it, it would be a lovely experience. This is great. Thank you so much, Kuldeep. Thank you so much, Mari.